Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted, you should listen to all of the episodes as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Becky Conowicz, who's the Dean of Undergraduate Admissions at Santa Clara University in beautiful Santa Clara, California. Becky, thank you so much for being here today. How are you? Hi, John. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to uh, connect with you from the West Coast. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you here. Can't wait to hear about all the great things that Santa Clara has to offer. So, Becky, let me ask you, what is it about Santa Clara University that makes it so appealing for so many students to want to apply and ultimately attend? Yeah, thanks for asking this great question. Um, as you know, I could talk about Santa Clara forever. Um, <laughs> the first part is definitely our mission. We are a Jesuit Catholic university. Our Catholic identity informs our commitment to create a space where all are welcomed, where religious diversity is explored, discussed. There are conversations around spirituality. We find beauty and God in all things. So that really helps us bring wellness, reflection, um, and each other together. So we, we really take action for social, racial, and climate justice. So students are attracted to all of this on top of, or I like to say coupled with our location. Um, we are in a diverse, very dynamic entrepreneurial <laughs> center of Northern California. Some of you may have heard of this. It's called Silicon Valley. We're right in the heart of it. Students have access to the local community to discern or kind of journey on their vocations and interests. They get to build skills and ideas to serve a very complicated world that we're in. So some of the examples that I think show this mission coupled with our location. Um, one area is we have over 900 students, almost a thousand who participate in a what we call an Arupe engagement, where they go into um, close to 45 different community partners where they're facilitating community-based learning opportunities, but really that commitment to justice and solidarity with marginalized communities. So, for example, there might be students teaching STEM in an under-resourced elementary school. So applying what they're learning as, as STEM majors, but learning how to teach it. Um, we also have this very exciting Frugal Innovation Lab that really is there um, in our School of Engineering to advance humanitarian technologies. So they have a wide range of projects that students are working on, um, often funded by some of these tech companies in the area. And they're looking at um, ways to, again, help those that are marginalized. So a recent project that students worked on was they joined forces with Maya Petal, a nonprofit in Guatemala, helping those in need to gain access to portable drinking water wow. while promoting and um, community involvement to help women and children get this clean water. And so they designed and built a bicycle-powered water pur oh, wow. purification and transportation system, right? And so <laughs> really need to apply what they're studying. Um, 
our College of Arts and Sciences. I'm just going to go. Up. There's so many great programs. So please the real keep going. Program, we want to hear all yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> our real program in the College of Arts and Sciences has over 400 students um, that were placed in different internship programs, and mostly through the summer. But then there's some project-based programs that can happen during the academic year. But one of our students who really discovered in her time at Santa Clara that she likes to do investigative work um, while helping people. And so she interned with the Federal Trade Commission in San Francisco investigating unfair business practices. So really tying that political science and that interest to speak up for those that are voiceless in the unfair business um, area that the Federal Trade Commission works on. Wow. And then lastly, um, I have a, a friend that works over in the Sioka Center, and they're really excited. They started this um, Mindset Scholars Program. So our Sioka Center is really around entrepreneurial thinking. And the Mindset Scholars are right away, first-year students can get involved um, in sort of the aspects and the facets of an entrepreneurial mindset. And so their their focus is how do we make a difference as an entrepreneur? How do you bring empathy to help those, optimism to see opportunity, and confidence to tolerate the risk as an entrepreneur. And so right away, mindset scholars in their first two years are developing this understanding of what an entrepreneurial mindset means. And so I think as I go on and on about Santa Clara. It really is this coupling of our mission to care for those, speak for the voiceless, help others, um, question what we're doing to our environment. How can we build a a sustaining um, community and our location? We're in the land of innovation. And so bringing those, there are many opportunities, pathways, programs at Santa Clara that our students are really attracted to. I think that's why applicants apply and are considering a Jesuit university in the heart of Silicon Valley for their college experience. The 300 days of sunshine doesn't hurt either. Um, I know a lot of um, our East Coast students um, really, really enjoy that part as well. Of course, our Californians are used to it, but um, certainly the weather is a big factor as well. (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) Well, that's a tremendous overview. I love how you spoke of your mission and your location. You spoke of the Jesuit mission where all are welcome, lots of community involvement and humanitarian efforts here in the U.S. and abroad. You talked of Silicon Valley and explained it as the land of innovation. No wonder why so many students want to apply and ultimately attend. So, Becky, thanks again for that tremendous introduction. So students, of course, they usually spend four years in a college or university. So visiting campus before committing to a school is so important for the student to get a feeling of their campus and surrounding area. Taking tours and spending time on campus, of course, are things that can't easily be replicated online. So, Becky, when a student comes to campus, what are the areas that they should definitely visit and what are some questions that they should be asking to help them determine if the school is, in fact, the right fit for them? Great question. And I hope um, students can visit. Um, We are open and available to have students. We have two visit times a day. And really, when students come to visit, whether it's through a formal tour that our tour guides are offering or a self-guided Or if they want to come walk their dog on our campus, that is totally okay. (laughs) But they should, number one place they should visit is our mission. Um, It is our um, church on campus. It's um, where fourth graders in California come to understand the history of California um, because these missions are a big part of our ancestral land. Um, We are on the land of the Ohlone and Moekma people. So there's a lot of history with the native indigenous population here, and that will come out between the mission um, and sort of the the hallmarks of our campus. Right behind the mission is a rose garden. So as I mentioned, we see beauty (laughs) in everything. We take um, our 300 days of sunshine and grow some of the largest roses in the Bay Area. So um, bring your moms, um, bring your your families um, to check that out. I would also say, you know, as part of a student Um, You are living and learning here, and so that living matters. Um, Where you eat, 
where you sleep, where you get that wellness and exercise. And so taking a moment to say, yes, I'm going to be in rigorous classrooms. I'm going to be doing research. I'm going to see the labs in the classrooms. But let's go check out a residence hall. Let's um, see what campus recreation facilities look like or campus ministry for any of their spiritual and wellness programs. Um, lastly, I would say you will notice where our um, main dining hall, we have lots of cafes and um, places to get grab a cup of coffee and go to class or pre-order your food on an app and, and pick it up <laughs> after class. Um, but it's really about seeing that sense of community. We, you know, I think at, uh, students at Santa Clara really like to eat in community, have discussions. Um, so whether it's outdoors or indoors, taking a look and having that experience um, where you fuel yourself, where you imagine that. Um, our food, um, also we have a... Um, garden on campus. So actually at 1230 today, I am going up to pick my basket of um, <laughs> farm to table vegetables. And so again, that's, that's accessible, awesome. but it is really important as a, again, going back to that Jesuit values, if you're not caring for yourself, wellness, um, spiritually and your mind. And so Santa Clara really sees that through our food, through our space where students can um, enjoy, work on group projects, um, or take a moment to share a meal. And so I would encourage students to see some of those areas where they will be spending their time. Well, I really appreciate that overview. Thank you so much. And during my research, I read that you have a class schedule where it's four quarters, 10 weeks each. Could you just explain that to us, Becky? Yeah, sure. We are in a quarter system where you'll find a couple of our neighbors in California are also on the quarter system. So, um, couple of the highlights, it is 10 weeks. And so you actually, a student at Santa Clara or quarter system student takes more classes um, in an academic cycle than a semester school. And so one area that our students really um, like is that they can have multiple minors, multiple majors. They can change their mind um, and explore different academic areas because they have more classes that they're able to take. It is a faster pace. Um, and so I think our students, you know, their first year onto campus, that um, course that they're jumping into that might be more challenging. Um, our small class sizes really help them have those conversations with faculty right away to say, oh, in four weeks, I'm going to have a midterm in my first <laughs> quarter of my first year. And so that works too, and they get used to it. It is very replicable of the real world too, right? right. Um, John, you probably know this in your day job, like you aren't <laughs> given months to work on a project. And so our students really can transition to the real world because 10 weeks or four weeks to do a presentation or have a midterm, that's a little bit more reflective of what life is like, um, especially in the Bay Area um, right. where, where we are moving at a pretty fast pace. Um, and so that's part of the quarter system. The other nice piece around the quarter system is we start later in September and go through um, closer to the end of June. So it's a little different academic calendar as well as when we kick off um, versus when we graduate or complete um, spring quarter. Well, we appreciate that overview. Thank you so much, Becky. And how many applications do you actually review a year? And do you represent a specific region? And of course, any insight you want to give us into the overall application process is always appreciated. Students and parents love to hear about what happens when they hit submit on their applications. Yeah. And I would be curious too, that's how I landed in this field. Um, <laughs> and so starting to be a tour guide in an admission office and being curious about what really happens behind the scenes um, led me to my first position um, close to 20 years ago. So yeah, Santa Clara receives just over 17,000 first year applications wow. and about 1,100 transfer applications. As the dean of admission, my role is really to oversee this reading process. Um, so I do take on some geographic areas, typically those close to 
to my heart because it gives me an opportunity to see my family. So I have a lot of family out in Massachusetts and Connecticut. So I usually take on those regions. But I also have spent 15 years working with international students and American abroad. So I tend to take territories um, in Asia or India as well. Um, so wow. it varies. For us, we really try and have cross-representation, um, making sure our team experiences um, regions across the U.S. and the world because today's student is dynamic. They're moving. Um, they have um, experience in different places. And then Santa Clara's applicant pool represents nearly all 50 states um, and close to 80 countries. And so we have to stay um, aware and updated. Um, our reading team that I oversee includes admission counselors, um, includes some external readers, um, part-time readers, and um, we really read by high school and region because that gives us a context for the applicant. If we know where they're going to school or what schools, if they moved, and then um, what is going on in their community, in their district. So that's how we read. Um, I think really for us, we are trying to meet our mission when we read, which is to strategically recruit and enroll a diverse, academically strong, socially conscious student population in alignment with our vision as a Jesuit Catholic university. And so typically when a file is complete, and so anybody listening, make sure you realize admission counselors most universities, especially at Santa Clara, we are not going to review your application until it's complete. Um, and then we typically, most readers will read about 50 applications a day for a first read. And then it will go on through a second read process and possibly a third read. It really depends on the pool that we receive and what's going on. Um, couple, I guess, really insights as, as people remain more... Um, curious about our process. I think for us, there are really two parts that we're reviewing, the academics um, and the personal, right? And so we're really looking at for academics, you know, where are you interested in applying? What's your major, your school for Santa Clara? What did you take advantage of that your high school offered as far as courses? How rigorous were those? Did you challenge yourself in a couple areas? What were the grades you earned? Um, you know, really saying to ourselves, do you have potential? Does this applicant have potential to achieve at university level that our faculty are teaching that their classmates are going to be expecting? For the personal, we're really thinking about how you present your writing, right? What are you telling us about yourself in the main? We're on the Common App, so your main Common App essays. We have a couple of Santa Clara supplement questions. We're looking at extracurriculars. So really, how does an applicant spend their time outside of school? Do they work? Are they engaged in their community, athletics, family? Maybe they're gaming. You know, what is it that they're doing outside? Um, and what do others say about them, right? So you have your teacher letter of recommendations and possibly a counselor. And so both of those those letters help us understand you from an academic fit, but also a personal. And so that really comes together. Um, our reading process really is about admitting to retain. And let me explain that a little bit more. We want to admit students um, who also understand who we are and can imagine themselves on our campus. So we have a 95% retention rate from freshman to sophomore year, which is one of the highest in the country. And we really believe it begins in undergraduate admission that we look for students who understand that we have a, a value-driven purpose community. We have students who want to engage, think about things socially, think about the environment, care about their neighbors, and we want to find that in students as well. Um, unfortunately, it was 17,000 applications <laughs> um, and about a, a 1,400, 1,500 first-year class we have more admissible candidates than we can offer admission to. Um, right. So we do right. need to be selective. And I would love our listeners to know that selectivity is really 
based for us on spaces, right? It's math. Enrollment management is a lot of Excel and a lot of math. <laughs> um, as an English major, I'm like shocked that I'm doing this now in my career. So if you are a humanities person, do not shy away from taking an Excel class in your lifetime. Um, but we really are trying to manage those students coming in and the students leaving, right? The graduating or going on study abroad and how can we fit our spaces for classrooms, residence halls, programs, faculty to student ratios that are important to us, um, really making sure our resources can serve those students that we have on campus and that those students on campus are taking advantage of those resources. So that's our review process. We start sort of macro, making sure we understand the context, the school, the community, the students coming from. But then as we start to piece it together, seeing our applicant pool who rises to the admit group really are those that are achieving in academics, taking some risk to push themselves, um, want to be intentional about a community that they're joining for their university years. Well, that's a tremendous overview. And I really can appreciate how you explained your admissions goal, which is admitting to retain. And you indicated that you have a 95% retention rate. That means that 95% of your class, your freshman class, returned, which is astonishing and a testament to the great work you do in admissions, but also the great work that Santa Clara University does to make sure that you offer something for everyone in your classrooms and beyond to keep your students happy for four years and beyond. So again, thank you so much for that comprehensive overview. And Becky, it leads me to my next question. What is the average profile of the current freshman class? Yeah, and I'll, I'll share this most recent incoming class. Um, you know, data is always a moving target in some ways. And so I think those listeners who are listening, you know, you, you like averages and you like to cling to them, but I think there's more of a story um, for Santa Clara to go into it. So we are excited. Those who accepted our offer on May 1st, which is a very important deadline in college admissions, um, those who said yes in the class of 2026, we're most proud this year and we continue to be that we are now 53.9% BIPOC students. 10.6% Pell eligible, which is those students with the highest need um, based on federal guidelines of the FAFSA, um, where 14.7% first generation and 8% international students. And so it just gives you a good framework of, of how Santa Clara um, is meeting the needs of its community, trying to be reflective of our community um, and bring together students who want to thrive in the classroom with unique perspectives um, and different experiences in their in their sort of you know short life as 17, 18 year olds, <laughs> but that they're ready for us to to take them to the next level. We are also excited that we had the highest percentage of female engineers um, enroll in the recent years. So putting that all together, our average unweighted GPA, which is pretty similar to the last couple of years is an unweighted GPA of a 3.73 of this incoming class who is enrolling. Um, about half of our applicants submitted ACT or SATs and the other half went test optional. We don't like to share our averages of test scores, mostly because, and I think this is really important for the audience to hear, the data is skewed, right? For those who right. submit in a test optional environment, right they're submitting the most perceived strong scores. And so we're not, um, we don't want to share because we also think those scores are really inflated for Santa Clara. <laughs> and we don't want to, um, you know, discourage or um, concern or cause more stress for another very talented student who'd want right. to apply to Santa Clara. Right. Um, about 50% of our students are from outside of California. Um, the top 10 majors, which again, I think goes into for Santa Clara, you do have to apply to a school. You can be undecided, but you do need to know an area you're interested in. So those were computer science and engineering, psychology, finance, biology, marketing, mechanical engineering, computer science and the arts and sciences and mathematics, um, management, political science and economics. So you can see that that strong student who has that 
3.7 sort of high school GPA. They're studying all kinds of things at Santa Clara. Um, and then, of course, they're coming from all places in the world and the, um, across the U.S. as well. Well, Becky, thank you so much for sharing the demographic information and all of that data. We really appreciate it. So when you're reviewing applications and you look at a student's transcript, what are the first things you notice as part of your evaluation process? Yeah, I think this is a, a great question because as I shared that earlier GPA of the incoming class, I think it's important that the transcript tells a story. And so in order to under, understand that story, we will be looking for context in that transcript. So do we know the school? What is the school offering? What percentage of students are going to a four-year university? What percentage are going to a two-year or not enrolling in higher education? And so we use the school profile that most high schools provide to us. We also um, develop context. Those of us who have been in the field, maybe we visited schools, stopped by, met somebody. We receive updates and newsletters. Um, and so we're really just trying to understand the school. And then when we look at that transcript, we are looking at ninth through 12th grade. Um, that transcript, we should see if there's any advanced courses the students took, um, any progressions, and how it relates to the area of interest they would like to study at Santa Clara. Um, we look at grade trends by year and by subject, right? Um, lastly, we do recalculate unweighted GPAs. And so if a high school transcript has a GPA, we take the time to put everybody on the same unweighted scale because for us, this helps us write that story for a student. We're looking deeply at um, the course curriculum, um, how the student um, progressed, and, and where they're heading through 12th grade. I think that's the other thing if listeners could hear, it goes all the way through 12th grade through graduation <laughs> is really important to us on that transcript. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for that overview. And I was curious, what are some of the things that students do to demonstrate their interest in Santa Clara University? In other words, if they know that they wanna to come to Santa Clara, what are the types of things that they do? And do you, Becky, track demonstrated interest as part of your overall application process? Yeah, great question, John. I think um, for Santa Clara, as far as tracking, I would say it's we're kind of in the middle. We don't, you know, is it possible um, for students to come and visit and they register and we know that information? Absolutely. Um, are we looking at every email that is opened by a student? No, <laughs> um, you know, and so we have a healthy, I think, balance. What we're looking for, as I shared before, our mission and our retention is really, we believe um, students who enroll have done their research, can imagine themselves on their campus, and that comes out in the application. And the place demonstrated interest for us means the most is our supplemental questions on the Common App. Every student has to fill it out. It really um, offers students an opportunity to reflect on our mission and our values as a Jesuit Catholic institution and to, in that reflection, share how they have or or will um, use that those values in their future, in their lives. How do they use it every day? Where do they see it coming out in their learning? So that supplement really is probably the most um, available place for students to share their demonstrated interest and where we as an admission committee are evaluating our um, supplemental answers of our applicants. Is it an advantage if a student is able to visit? Possibly because they may hear our current students, a tour guide, talk about how that mission and values are lived every day, how they see it in the classroom, which may help a student write an answer to a supplemental answer. However, I would also argue in today's very digital world, you could gain the same insight as an applicant from social media, from any YouTube videos that students are doing about campus life, um, <laughs> to any of our resources that we offer um, on campus, to connecting to alumni, anybody. And so I really do think for us, um, getting to know who we are is more available than ever to any student, regardless of a visit. Um, but really, I think the other place that demonstrated interest comes about, and it seems elementary and common sense, but it really is about applying, 
and completing an application and following through, letting us know if, if you know, you are no longer interested or you are really interested. Um, that detail of tracking your application, opening up the portal, see if something is missing um, is the most important piece. Um, we can't review or consider a student who isn't helping themselves with completing an application. Well, those are great pieces of advice. And again, great insight. I like how you talked about the supplemental question and how it's important to reflect on the mission and the values of Santa Clara University, but also for the students to reflect and talk about how they themselves use those values and how they plan to do so in the future. So that's great advice. We really appreciate that, Becky. And you talked about applying to the school, which leads me to my next question. What are the different ways a student may apply to Santa Clara? And is there a benefit to applying one way over the other? Great question. Um, for Santa Clara, we have two main deadlines. Um, but within those deadlines are different tracks. And so for first year students, there's a November 1st deadline, which is where early decision one and early action reside. And so early action is uh, non-binding, students apply, and then they have until um, May 1st to make a commitment. Whereas early decision is binding, a contract is signed with a parent, a counselor, and the student saying, if admitted, I will enroll. And those um, enrollments are taken, that commitment is taken most seriously. So if going back to the last question about demonstrated interest, if, if a student's really in love with Santa Clara and wants to show us the best way is to apply under an early decision track, um, January 7th <laughs> is our second deadline, which gives another early decision two option for those that are, again, most committed, and then regular decision, which they find out in March and have until um, May 1st to make a commitment and they're not under the binding. As far as benefit, I think this is a great question and students should be asking this to universities. I would encourage students to ask themselves how large of a pool they want to find themselves in for Santa Clara. So our smallest pools are our early decision one and two. And so that tends to be around three to 400 applications. Whereas our early action pool, so that November 1st deadline, hovers around 6,000 to 6,500. Whereas our regular pool, so those students who need a little extra time, that deadline in January attracts about 10,000 applications. And so the most competitive pool, given the size, ends up being our regular, right? So the timing is most important. We've read our earlies. We've released those decisions. Now we have constraints on how many decisions we can release in regular, and we have more applications. Um, and so that pool tends to feel the most competitive for students applying to Santa Clara. Um, another piece to think about, though, as you're thinking about these deadlines and tracks, is a student does need to take some time and reflect. When am I ready to apply? What do I have? Um, my senior coursework align? Do I want grades for my senior coursework? If you want grades for your senior coursework considered, then maybe regular does make more sense. Do you need more time? Maybe you applied early decision elsewhere, didn't get the news that you wanted, and now Santa Clara comes into the picture in regular or ED2. That is okay. And so that's part of the reason we kind of see um, our deadlines having these two camps um, because students over their senior year, some of them are ready as early in the fall and some need a little extra time and that holiday break in December <laughs> to apply. Um, and so that's, that's sort of how Santa Clara works, but I would for Santa Clara think about, you know, what pool you do want to be in and do you want to be in the largest or the smallest? Well, that's a great answer. A tremendous overview of the different ways. We can't thank you enough for that. I was curious, what about transfer students? How does the application process differ for them? Yeah, our transfer students do differ slightly. We're still on the Common App for transfer students. Um, and for us, our fall transfer application is rolling admission. So very different than the set deadlines that first years have. And so it opens in January and it rolls. We release decisions monthly, sometimes every two weeks, 
all the way through April 15th is the last date that a student, a transfer student can apply. And then we roll out decisions just after that, um, about through the first week of May. For rolling admission, transfer admission at Santa Clara, there is, you know, again, the going back, is there a benefit when you apply in rolling admission? Absolutely. The sooner, if you wait till April 15th, we may be full for certain majors. Um, think computer science engineering <laughs> in Silicon <laughs> Valley. You know, again, certainly the sooner you apply as a transfer student for fall, um, the better. Um, and we see transfer students um, at Santa Clara and all different forms, whether it's they tried a four-year and it wasn't a good fit or a community college student or a student who took time away and they're coming back in. And so we try to make the rolling admission as accessible as possible for our transfer students. Well, we appreciate that. And of course, Becky, I know that Santa Clara, like many other schools, is in fact test optional. Can you share the percentage of students that apply and that are ultimately admitted that did not submit their test scores? Yeah. So we're in our, we just completed our second year. So COVID did um, impact our decision to go uh, test optional and we've extended it for a third year. Um, so we can do a lot of data mining, understanding what this means for Santa Clara. So the last two years, it was just under, it was about 47% of our students reported test scores in our overall applicant pool. But who we admitted ended up just over, it was like 51, 52 each year percent of our students had a test score. Um, so that's, you know, I think for us, we really mean when we say test optional that it really, it's okay not to submit them and it's okay to submit them. It's really for us, um, one of those processes and, and, um, pieces of an application review that I think families and students get more obsessed about than we do. Um, <laughs> we really see it as, um, you know, uh, it provides context, as I've spoken before, around academic preparedness and potential. But if we do not have a test score, we can find that context around academic preparedness and potential in many other parts of the application. So that's why it does not disadvantage or advantage a student if they submit test scores or not. Understood. And we appreciate that. And how about AP, IB, or dual enrollment classes? Does Santa Clara University accept them for credit? We do accept them for credit. And we also see AP, IB, and dual enrollment as a rigorous advanced course. As I mentioned that transcript story, it is, we like to see students taking advantage of those curriculums if it's offered to them. Um, coming in with that credit for Santa Clara, I think what we see many of our students do is it creates space and flexibility in their academic journey at Santa Clara. So that's where they often, on top of the quarter system, can have multiple minors. We've had triple majors, double is more popular. Um, <laughs> they can study abroad, participate in some of those unique programs I shared earlier. Um, they won't fall behind if they do not have this coursework or credit coming in, but really it's about um, creating that flexibility in their academic journey. And our, we really see many of our students do that, including some that graduate early because they're able to bring in credit. Um, and so we really see that as a benefit. Well, we appreciate that. And Becky, how important are students' courses in progress and grades in their senior year? And what are you looking for when reviewing them? Yeah, I do have the pleasure of um, reading and reviewing our final high school transcripts right now, right? So every <laughs> student who enrolls in the university, their senior final transcript, proof of graduation through second semester, trimester is reviewed. Um, and that is what we are doing in the summer. So if we back that up, um, we do like to see students challenging, them, challenging themselves through their entire academic time in high school. So through senior year that they're engaged with their learning, there's research out there that shows that senior coursework, so that level of rigor and grades are some of the best predictors for success in the first year at university. Again, if you applied in early action in that November timeframe, we would only know the courses you plan to take. If you apply in January, we know the courses you plan to take and the grades. Um, and so we're looking for students who are 
you know, curious, engaged, remaining focused all the way through senior year. And they're not shying away to find an easy path, take more electives or study halls in senior year. College is going to be difficult. There's going to be a lot of support. A place like Santa Clara, faculty are going to accompany students in their learning and pursuit of knowledge. They're going to be asking a lot of questions and dialoguing. You're going to be having those same dialogues and questions with classmates. And so senior year of high school is going to prepare you for that. Um, really show your potential in a classroom or a research lab. Well, we appreciate that. And of course, another part of the application is the college essay. Becky, what are some examples of college essays that really stuck with you? And what advice would you share with prospective students in terms of what to think of when they sit down to write their essay? Yeah. I, first thing that comes to mind when you ask this, there are two essays that, um, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm smiling if you could see me on camera. But one, <laughs> I, I you know, didn't come with a title, but I've kept it in sort of my head as out the bus window. As you know, I'm um, my background, I spent a lot of time reading international students and Americans abroad. And one of the applicants I read shared, um, you know, close to an hour commute in a major international city, um, commuting to her school and what changed out the window as she was changing in that bus seat, right? So you're progress. Wow. she was progressing from, you know, elementary school to middle school to high school and how the world around her changed, but her perspective and, and what she gained from that community around her out that bus window over that, you know, hour long commute as she saw um, complications in the world, as she saw um, those that were less fortunate um, be sidelined. Um, um, those who had privilege and um, could skirt around the bus um, in their, you know, right. nice car. And so right. that was one that stuck out and really taking something that was, you know, everybody does. They commute to school and reflect and understand and question the world around her. The other one is one that... Um, I don't recommend writing. Um, I thought that would be interesting. I usually share this story. Um, this one did have a title and it was what my mother doesn't know. And that is the kind of essay to avoid. If your mother doesn't know it, the college admission reps shouldn't know it either. Um, and so that was not helpful. Um, and it did not show the best light of the student. Um, and I think those are the types of essays as a student is you know, working on these essays and trying to share themselves, they should be trying to put their best forth. And really, um, you know, you asked for advice on essays and and I think for us, it's really a time to share with young people writing this, that this is where they have the most control. You know, grades and transcripts are done. Testing, if you decide to test, is done. What others say, your letters of recommendation, your actions and character is done. You've selected who, who you want to write. And so then the essays now or this fall that you're working on, you're really is your chance um, to tell us something about yourself that we maybe couldn't find anywhere else in the application. Um, it gives us a sense of um, what you're looking for, who you are, your, your experiences, your perspectives. Um, and for us, this is really important. And so I would, I would say my best advice for writing the essay is to be authentic. Um, think about your experiences. It shouldn't be something you think we want to hear because we're in this business because we like 17 and 18 year olds. We, <laughs> we like how you're forming and developing. And so share that. Um, but do answer the question. Do take time to make sure you're writing at a college level. Um, and what we mean by that is, you know, maybe you wrote a couple of drafts and looked at the grammar, answered the question, thought about the flow, because that's the maturity in writing that we're looking for that will set you success um, in college courses. And at Santa Clara, you will write a lot. Um, and so, so we are looking at that, but what you say is just as important. Um, so do take some time and, and think about yourself. You are extraordinary and you are not like everybody else. And we know that. And so that's what we're trying to get at. Well, that's another great answer. And I could appreciate the essay, the one that you like, not the one that you, uh, recommended <laughs> against, 
But as you were talking about it, what I was thinking about was that that student did reflect, but before reflecting, she really took the time to get to know the Santa Clara University mission and the values, which you talked a lot about throughout this podcast episode. And I think she created a very unique story to show her thought process and how her values and her mission, perhaps, are true to her as a person. So as you said, there's different parts of the application. The transcript, obviously, it's going to give you the, the rigor of the courses, your grades, the activity sheet, what you took part in or not. But that essay is really your opportunity to give insight in terms of your ability to, first of all, be aware of the Santa Clara University mission and your values, and then reflect and show how it, it's true to you as a person now and perhaps even in your future. So I thought that was a great example. Uh, thank you so much for that, Becky. I appreciate it. So can you explain what opportunities does Santa Clara offer for students that may have had an IEP in high school in terms of helping to ensure that they continue to be successful once they're on campus? Sure thing. It, great question. It's important first to share that starting in college, the laws, the documentation, and the process will be different from high school with an IEP. So most significant change that I can share is the process to seek any accommodations, any support must be done and driven by the student not the faculty or teacher member, you know, not the administrator, and certainly not the parent. And that's, I think, the biggest shift um, that I like to share with families and with students is making sure that ownership and that um, support and that self-advocacy really is for the student. Um, so knowing your resources are vitally important. At Santa Clara, as early as our, our orientation, which we have it beginning in July, um, students are advised to connect with our advising center and our Office of Accessible Education to understand the programs, um, the documentation, the opportunities, and the resources. But I also want to spend a little time to say, because we have small classes and many of our students who are seeking any kind of accommodations or working through um, their learning differences really see our faculty as the number one resource. Um, they are taking advantage of faculty staff hours. They're asking for help. They're, they're offering, you know, open communication because our faculty are here to teach. Um, they get inspired by young people who want to learn. And so they'll work with students and, and that student to faculty um, relationship is very successful on our campus. And so I would encourage any student who um, is thinking about or or um, wanting to continue any kind of IEP support in college is is self-advocate and then use your resources that are there between advising and Office of Accessibility. But don't forget about your faculty. They're really there for you. <laughs> well, that's great advice. And by the way, I always include the Office of Admissions in the show notes of the podcast. Becky, if there are any other links that you want me to include to make available to the students and parents, just send them to me. And of course, I'll put them in the show notes. What about students aspiring to play sports in college? What advice do you have for prospective student athletes in terms of letting their intentions to play known? Sure thing. I think for Santa Clara, it's a good reminder. I'm putting on my Santa Clara admission hat as a division one university that really it is start early, um, organize <laughs> your video clips and your sport profile or resumes and start contacting coaches. Um, recruitment is serious at a division one level and it's not run by the admission office. Coaches are assessing the talent and needs for their teams. So if you don't hear back from a coach, the reality is that they're not interested. They're just they have two, don't have much time, limited resources to recruit. They know who they're looking for and the talent they need. But that doesn't mean that one team isn't interested. Try the next. Um, it does take a little grit and determination to be a recruited athlete. <laughs> um, and so cast your net wide, right? Um, so there's many different areas. 
I myself was a division three athlete. And so thinking right. about, um, you know, not having the scholarship component of division three might be something that you're interested in. It was, I just wanted to play. Um, I still play. <laughs> um, I think the other piece is club teams and intramural rec programs at Santa Clara because of sort of the wellness component that a Jesuit education sort of encourages. There's a lot of resources that go into sort of that idea of wellness and play. And so a great example is our women's rugby team. Most high schools don't have rugby. And so a lot of our <laughs> women's rugby, it is their walk-on, right? Their club, they're playing against Berkeley and other teams. Um, but it's this idea of being out competitive and playing Intramurals is when you play against other students on campus. And again, some of those you can learn to pick up a new sport like ultimate frisbee, or if you're a lifelong soccer player and you just want to kick the ball around, you can join an intramural team. So I would say as far as sports, do your research. If you really want to play or do you want to play at a very competitive level, then really start early and get organized to be recruited. Well, that's a great answer. And this has been a tremendous conversation, which leads us to our last question. So Becky, what are your top three pieces of advice that you would offer students and their parents getting ready for the college admissions process? Okay. I can only give three, right? <laughs> okay. Here we go. Three. Be curious. There are so many wonderful aspects of the college search application enrollment process. If you stay closed-minded, you won't see or experience half the benefits that this process has. So stay curious, be curious. Your worth is not wrapped up in where you go to college. Who you become is based upon the experiences you gather in your educational journey, which will include formal and informal educations. And then last, and something that's really important to me um, and Santa Clara, is to be kind. It goes a long way. This is for students listening and for parents listening and for anyone listening who supports young people into higher education. The world needs more kindness. Well, those are great words of advice. I really appreciate your time and your efforts today. You were fabulous. And I'm so happy, Becky, because I know this conversation is going to help so many students and their parents. You were tremendous. I hope to have you back again. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. It was lovely talking with you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.